noticed recently while I've been meeting new people on this really interesting app called Shaper that there seems to be a question that systematically tends to weird out at least half of the people on it when I ask this question. And it's a, uh, it's a pretty unusual question. It, and it usually happens after uh, they tell me something about themselves um, and then I follow up with this really weird question and that question is, why? <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty simple, but I think a better question than why does this weird people out is why does this weird so many people out? Um, I used to think some people just weren't curious. Uh, that didn't seem to add up. It seemed like they were more uncomfortable than uncurious. It seemed like they were uncomfortable about other people's curiosity when the subject was themselves, um, especially their stories. Um, and this led me to really realize that it didn't matter how I asked the question, even when I just you know, summed it up to why. Sometimes it would be more elaborate, like, why do you think that? Or tell me more about that. And if I even just reduced it to why, that was pretty much the root. It was curiosity about an individual. And it wasn't even about super personal stuff. I mean, these are just, you know, why do you do this for work? Or why, why, why do you have that, you know, vision or why do you have these plans? Is it, It's a professional networking app. Like, Why is it inappropriate to be curious about why people are passionate about something they do? But the fact is, is it's not inappropriate, but to them it feels inappropriate. And I realized that going throughout most of our lives, um, what our personal why is, is not relevant to what we're taught in school, what we're taught in college, our why doesn't matter. And then eventually, we start to believe it. We're conditioned for so long to only care about other people's why. Why they believe this happened, or why they believe this is a good thing to learn, or why they believe this is a good thing to do, or why this is a good job. Our whys don't matter. Our personalities are bad. From our conditioning, where we tend to believe this, we wouldn't admit this to ourselves, but that's what the conditioning makes it feel like. And then I started to look into certain things, especially in the field of child psychology, and I noticed a tendency that uh, young children, usually before the age of five, get bullied about any number of things from children that are usually between the ages of 5 to 10. Usually children that are a year or more older than them or in some societal bracket of seniority over them. And the most common thing for children 5 and under to be questioned about is why they use the word why so much. And this comes across as children mocking other children in that mocking why, why, why voice, because they do this. 
this is actually going back to the beginnings of uh, the schooling systems, why children before the age of five didn't have a place in the public schooling system. And what's really interesting is even science is catching up and understanding that between the ages of three to five um, is when the peak of human curiosity starts to fade. And then systematically, it goes down to the point when you're about 25 to 30, you have 1% of the curiosity you did when you were, you know, three to five, depending on development. And there are very, very many factors that go into whether or not that ends at three or five. A lot of it has to do with uh, innocence being shattered, which can happen in any sort of ways. Finding out you have a friend you can't trust, an expectation that wasn't met, you know, a parent that spent a little bit too long from, you know, what you were expecting them to be in the other room or across the street for, and you're a reality starts to crumble and trust starts to break. Um, And this is the give and take of where that curiosity starts to die. So that why, why, why that children ask unceasingly that, you know, is either cute or really annoying, depending the situation, is the same root of why an adult will look at that sort of curiosity as a bad thing. The same way as a child between the ages of 5 or 10 will mock a younger child for being overtly curious. And when an adult does this, ask why too much, which only really comes down to one why, when the topic is their stories, not even super, not even like remotely personal stuff, but stuff that, you know, it's it's weird for anyone else but somebody in a position of authority over them or that has something they want. It's weird to hear anybody who's just a normal person be curious about them. And that's more sad and heartbreaking than anything to realize that we were conditioned long before we can remember to not even appreciate curiosity. We tolerate confusion way more than we tolerate curiosity to the point where when somebody is genuinely curious about us the first thing that goes up is our defenses not you know we're flattered or we're humbled but is is this we our bullshit meter goes up and that is genuinely sad because in a world where we technically, not even technically, we pretty much genuinely know so little about ourselves until, you know, mid-adulthood. That if we're pushing away people who are curious about ourselves, what does that mean we're doing to ourselves? If we're not curious about who we are and what we really need in life, how are we going to find those answers if we're pushing away other people who have this genuine curiosity? I can guarantee that we're also going to push away our own genuine curiosity about ourselves. Why do I keep dating these guys? Why do I keep falling for these girls? Why do I keep trying to Learn how to do this thing that doesn't serve me. 
Why do I want so badly to be with this group of people that doesn't even like me? And if we don't ask ourselves these genuine questions out of curiosity and explore that, go through the depressing reality of, oh, I'm unlikable or, oh, I'm unlovable. We don't get to the point of, oh, I don't really like myself or, oh, I don't really love myself. That's why I don't like to sit down and read books anymore or I don't like to spend time alone or why I always have to be talking to somebody. Why, you know, I don't like my own company anymore. It wasn't always like that. It was a transition because this is culturally accepted, but that doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it right. And what's really funny is the thing that's more right is kind of told as being the thing that's wrong or, you know, bad or, you know, should be feared. But when you address these things, like truly address these things, it's going to feel like an existential crisis because reality check, it is. It is an existential crisis. You're coming to know yourself, your reality that you've constructed around yourself, just like everyone else, is starting to crumble and crack. You get to rediscover who you are. So yes, it's an existential crisis, which is not a mental break. It's a mental awakening. You get to relearn who you are. And what's really exciting, this doesn't seem exciting at first, but I can tell you from the other side, is you you see maybe the value in doing it once. And when you get through, you're like, okay, good. That was extremely hard. I don't want to do that again. But the key is, is to keep doing it because it doesn't get easier. You get stronger. And now I tend to do this every single day. But just as you know, when I was... Over 350 pounds, dieting and going to the gym was very, very tedious and strenuous. And as I lost the weight and as I get stronger, things don't get easier. They stay exactly just as hard. But my mindset changes. It feels easier. It doesn't get easier. It feels easier. And the same thing is true when it comes to things like curiosity, self-awareness, or as the Eastern philosophy calls it, self-realization. Western philosophy calls it know thyself. There are all sorts of philosophical and spiritual ways to explain it. But, you know, even business people talk about self-awareness. The people who crush it in industry, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, Steve Jobs, they're not, you know abnormal humans. They're humans who have done the hard thing that most people don't want to do, which is the hard, crappy, tedious chore of work to get to know themselves. They did it. And the difference between, you know, what they have and Mark Twain is, you know, time. It's realizing that It takes time to get to know yourself and how it manifests is different for different people. Some people, you know, might want to run a world-changing company. Some people might want to live on the beach in a shack surfing every day. 
there is no difference between what they are capable of and someone like Elon Musk, other than what they personally want to do, what they personally feel motivated to do, what they personally feel will have the most impact on their world. Some people are connected to the whole world. Some people are connected to their little world. Some people are connected to them aboard in the sea. It doesn't matter. Figure out who you are. Stop comparing yourself to others and realize that if you stop caring, if other people are comparing themselves to you, you're going to repulse those people. And they're going to push you away, blame it on you, and your life is going to be all the better because of it. It might even be people who are close to you now. But imagine the damage they do in the long run because they're nice and you love them. You can't always choose who you love. You can't always, you know, beat yourself up because of who you've gotten to know and who you've known to love. It doesn't mean they're always going to be good for you. Sometimes we have to let people go no matter what kind of history we have with them. Because it's not bad that we change. Just like it's not bad to fall in love with someone who's abusive. It's the same thing as, you know, Loving a friend who just isn't good for you anymore. They don't have to be abusive. They don't even have to be mean. They could just be really nice, but, you know, they're not really dependable. It's kind of like pseudo-honesty. And you just really can't count on them when, you know, you really need a friend. And you realize that, you know, they're nice to you, but it sure doesn't feel like kindness. Because it's not. Kindness tolerates absolute honesty. Niceness does not. People can be nice and dishonest. You can't be kind and dishonest. You can be kind and honest. But finding somebody who's nice and honest feels about just as rare as somebody who is, you know, mean and honest. The fact of the matter is people need more people who are rude and honest and that people who are nice and dishonest it feels a lot like they're mean and honest because they're mean but they're not wrong they're not mean they just don't know how to get through to you what you don't want to hear so it sounds mean because you have to say it to yourself you have to translate it to yourself and I gotta tell you that is the most difficult and humiliating process I've ever went through and the fact that my wife went through it in a few months and it took me a decade I don't know if I'm just broken or what but it works and some people it happens quicker some people it takes longer but time is kind of irrelevant it doesn't matter if it's linear or if it's secular or what. It just let it happen. Do things your own way. Realize that if you know what it means to be a moral person, trust that those are still going to be a part of you when you let everything go. And that those are going to be what's left to guide you through this. When you're curious about yourself, you let everything go, everything that's right or wrong, because you know that if you can trust yourself, 
and trust yourself more, you're not going to turn into a bad person unless you want to turn into a bad person. And if you're afraid you want to turn into a bad person, guess what? You don't really want to. Or else you wouldn't be afraid. And you would have already let go to become a bad person. We're usually the ones who limit ourselves the most. This is exactly why prisoners have that prisoner mindset. In the Once they believe they're a prisoner, they're going to stay in there and do whatever you tell them. This is the same thing that held true to slaves in a slave camp. They didn't run away, not because of offense, but because they believed that they were a slave. And yeah, this is... It feels different than being a slave or a prisoner. And it doesn't have the same details. It's not exactly the same. You're right. But it has the same but different results. And it manifests differently in different scenarios. Just like a prison camp doesn't look the same as a slave camp. And just because we tolerate prison camps doesn't mean we tolerate prison camps. And just because people insinuate that they're the same thing doesn't mean that it looks the same. Just as the same as if we're living ourselves and we keep ourselves in, in this prison of feelings based on, you know, bars of guilt and shame. It's the same effect with different results. And we need to let it go. We need to run away from this prison of who we were, what other people expect of us, of what a past version of us expects of us now that we just can't live up to. Let it go. Let it go. Be curious about who you are now and who you are to become. Don't give in to the fear. Push through it. Realize that just on the other side of that fear, just on the other side of feeling like you're going to hyperventilate, you start to realize the truth. That just because you have no idea what you're going to do for work and you really explore what you need and you know, the first things that come to your mind are, oh, maybe I can just turn tricks or, you know, go rob a store or rob a bank. But really, those are the negative choices. The positive choices are, well, I could take a risk on myself Realize that I'm not happy doing what I'm qualified to do. So I could, you know, try and focus more on my art or my writing or, you know, teaching people and figure out how to make that work. But I don't want to be a teacher. Well, I mean, I, I, I could tutor. I, I like that. I like the one-on-one. No, well, tutors make more than teachers. Well, maybe that's for me. And you realize this happens through what feels like an existential crisis. Oh, I can't do anything other than I'm qualified to do other than what other people have told me I should do, what is socially acceptable. You do you. Figure out what your passions are. Learn to listen to yourself again. Nobody's going to tell you to do that. You've got to tell yourself that you need to sit down and listen to yourself and try and have a conversation and keep in mind that you're not going to remember how to talk to yourself. It's going to feel really uncomfortable and you're not going to have good things to say to yourself. You're not going to have good advice to give yourself. 
until you get it all out, get all the bad advice out. And then you start realizing all that's left is ideas. And they're not, they're not bad. They're just ideas at that point. They're just stuff you need to try and figure out what's right. Keep pushing. You don't have to believe that you don't trust yourself to realize that the way you trust other people doesn't work very well in the long run and you keep trusting the wrong people. That's usually a sign that we've forgotten how to really trust ourselves and we look for other people to play this role. And if we don't know how to trust ourselves, how are we going to know who to trust to play this role for us? Same thing is true with love. The same thing is true with friendship. Same thing is true with what we want to do in life. We have these answers. We just have to start listening to ourselves again. And in a world as loud and obnoxious and full of information with instant gratification as it is now, it gets harder and harder for us to listen to ourselves when every day we have hundreds of people we know and don't know telling us what's right, but we're the only ones that know how to find our right. But first, it requires letting go and listening. And you know how to let go. There is no way to explain this externally. You have to listen. And that is letting go. And letting go is required to keep listening. It's a continuous chain process. So start the chain and realize it will feel easier over time because you will get stronger. Thank you.